0: Welcome to the More Than More podcast where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate. Welcome everybody. It's January 31st of 2023. That's 2023. Does it sound crazy to you every time you say that number, 2023? It does. Uh, this is our sort of january sort of february market update we're sort of in between because it's been maybe three months since we've been in the room together and yep. chatted about market conditions with me in the room is roger wheeler yes <laughs> tammy hicks hello and angela hello. fisher i'm here every time i say fisher i think of your husband the fish
1: <laughs> yeah that's what i, I, <laughs> I call <know>. him fisher
0: <laughs> i call him the fish <laughs> I, think I love nuts. that oh fisher fisher B- nuts.
1: oh yeah
0: We all have different thoughts about (laughs) fish. (laughs) Okay, but we are here to chat about, I guess, the state of the market right now. There's been a lot that's happened in the previous three or four months. It is an interesting time to be in real estate. And intriguing intriguing is a good word. That is a good word. Maybe a little confusing. I think there's a lot of confusion for our clients out there right now. And so hopefully our conversation can make some sense of this and not make things more confusing. So where should we start, guys? Um, why don't I just start real quick with a super brief overview of where we closed out the year local. When I say local, I'm more interested in the state of <coughs> Iowa. I know that we ended up last year, NAR, sales were down, what was the number? Close to 30% Close to 30, yeah. uh, nationwide. Yep. We didn't really experience that. So where Iowa ended the year was down almost 12% in closed sales for the year. Now, we were state of Iowa was kind of flat for the first half of the year. But if you looked at October, November, and December, all three of those were down north of 30%, 29 to 34%. So like the yeah. month of December, 34% fewer sales than the previous December in 2021. So where we end up as a state is 12% down in volume. Where we end up as a state is that average prices uh, for the year last year were up 8.4%. So despite everything that went on nationally and the news and media and prices and inventory and interest rates, the average property in the state of Iowa increased by 8.4% last year. Now, if it hadn't been for the second half of the year, that right. number would have been 13, Still high. because well, the month of December was only up 1%.
2: What Do you remember what 20 and 21 were for the year? 21 was close to 20%. I believe so, yeah. It was high. Was, it was 20, high. At, or am I- Not kidding?
0: as high, but close. It was in the teens. So we saw two years of crazy appreciation. Yeah. I so think
2: almost 50% in the last three years.
0: Which is what makes that so unsustainable. Crazy. Yeah, just, just shift that. You don't have to move your neck. You can move the mic. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you have to move your neck like that for the next hour, it's, you're going to be walking out of here with a problem.
2: This technology stuff's tough on an old guy.
0: You're doing great for an old guy. That's perfect. Um, so, okay, what's my thesis here? Sales are down, <clears throat> but not as much as they are nationally. Prices have flattened, but we're not seeing depreciation Correct. on the average. That's October, November, December. You still saw month-over-month month, uh, appreciation Correct. compared to yeah. December of the year before. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, pending sales, though, we did see trending down even more. So when we came into October, November, December, it was tight. So 42% fewer pendings in December of twenty-two than there were in December of 21. So the market, def, it didn't come to a standstill. right? But it definitely slowed down and and it, Iowa was not immune to what we saw nationally. So I guess that's the state of the market right now. I looked at the data for DMAR, Northeast Iowa, Central Iowa. It doesn't seem like there's major distinctions or discrepancies there. Yeah. Iowa is Iowa. And we're better off than the national numbers, but what we haven't seen is any kind of real estate collapse. We've seen a slowdown for sure. Then I'm looking forward to January's data because yeah, right. January starts to tell a slightly different story. We're seeing interest rates slightly down and we're seeing activity, foot traffic, pendings, showings up. But I, I will say this nationally, uh, the last two or three weeks, still 21% fewer pendings being Perfect. registered every week than the, the a, than the year before. Yeah. So it's picking up because that's up from 30-something percent. Yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so up from negative 35. Like five. we said, confusing, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's better data than what we were seeing in October, November, December. Correct. So it's picking up. So I guess that's the state of the market right now. And the topics that I want to tee up with you guys as the mastermind group for this, I want to start with this mortgage rate spread conversation that's come up. And I think... Uh, this Wednesday, the Fed is doing again something. doing something. <laughs> what do you think they're doing, Tammy?
3: I don't know. I uh, The logical part of me says that they're not doing anything. Um, but everyone says they're still going to raise rates again. So we'll see.
0: So I think what the market's priced in is the assumption of a 25 basis point. a so 0.25% increase to the Fed funds rate. Yes. The part of the conversation I wanted to introduce to everyone listening is just where we're at with the spreads (laughs) on that because so and and kcm did a great job on this if you didn't watch it super good slide. so 20 year average of spread between the fed funds rate and the 30 year because the fed funds rate doesn't drive the 30 year but it does create where we're at with the the 10 year and then the 10 year and the 30 year and so there's a spread there and that spread is about 1.79 percent traditionally Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the margin that's available for banks Today, we're sitting at like 2.8%, two point, so a full percent increase in the spread. And, and that's just a function of volatility. So when the banks are going, oh, no, the rates are going to keep going up, they have to create buffer for themselves, because yep. they can't be giving out loans at a loss. And so I think the point of this data is to say, yes, the Fed might increase their Fed funds rate again. But for the most part, the 30-year is already priced in the presumption of some of that because they've got this extra margin. So let me just stop there for a second. We're going to have another 25% basis points maybe increase this week, but that's probably not going to correlate to an increase in the 30-year because where we're at is they've already increased the 30-year all the way up to seven, and now they're retracing their steps back to 6.2, 6.1. And and really, I think what the thesis is here is we've probably seen a peak – in interest rates. So that's a lot of stuff, feedback on that interest rates wise.
3: I would agree. I mean, I've talked to a few lenders and they feel the same way. Um, They feel like they've hit a peak. I mean, they want to be competitive on their prices. They want to be, have good products for people. Um, I mean, they're feeling the same crunch that we are feeling and maybe even more so because they don't have the refis and the other things going on that we wouldn't be involved in. And so um, they're feeling that same crunch and, and I think they want to be as competitive as they can be with their rates.
0: Which they couldn't be six months ago Correct. because they had to make sure they Figure were moving up. Yeah. yeah. But today, some of them are going to start getting competitive and trying to bring those rates down.
3: Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
0: To what? Cause what, what are you seeing today? Rates?
2: Yep. Five and three quarters. This yep. Morning,
0: real on a thirty mm-hmm. with who?
2: Uh, I track Vision Bank. Okay, every every yeah. day, and they were up over six for a while. Uh, right after the first of the year, they went down under six, and they've been between five seven five and five and seven eights for the entire month of January.
1: Yeah, I saw low sixes as well. I kind of looked today, and low sixes were—I mean, like six two five—I think is kind of where some of them were hovering as well.
0: The psychology is so interesting because you say six two five and I'm like, oh, okay. Roger says five, five and seven. three quarters and all of a sudden I perk Ooh, you're up. You're
3: like, what? I mean, there's a big difference there. <laughs> yeah.
0: But also there isn't. Psychologically, a five is a big deal. Yeah. And I think if it does that to me, I think it does that to buyers in the marketplace. So I've been saying anything that starts with a five, you're going to see crazy activity this spring. Yeah. And what we're seeing so far is crazy activity. Fives, yeah.
2: You know, I've been in my mind trying to get better at communicating the impact of that interest rate change. So, $200,000 house, 1% higher interest rate, $2,000 a year, $200 per month, roughly. Right. And so, just trying to help. Sellers and buyers think through that. So a $400,000 house is twice that. Um, I, I think it's important for us as realtors to have a little bit of ability to help our clients think through those numbers. Right. It's, it's not like going from 3.5% last spring to 5.5% this spring is going to double their house payment. It's going to maybe
0: increase it a couple hundred a month this change whereas the previous change did maybe double their house payment no i'm from s- three to se- seven
2: no on a two hundred thousand dollar house it took it well yeah
0: that was a notable yeah change. i don't
2: know that it ever went fully double. Yeah. double yeah i think maybe it did three and a half to seven that's probably
0: right but your point is that this isn't that this is a one percent swing now isn't gonna fund a, Unless I'm really at my cap already. yeah, I'm, which is what a lot of buyers are.
2: But it just means you're looking at a, a slightly less affordable, less expensive house,
0: which is probably what needs to happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's which, all very positive.
0: We knew this. We knew this two years ago when we were sitting saying. Buyers, first-time home buyers, expectations are three hundred thousand, brand new, never, n- no one set on my right, toilet. Right. Yeah. And you're right. a millennial first-time home buyer. Yeah. Well, I
3: think we've talked about it multiple times over in the last, you know, in the last year, just what there that there there is going to have to be a shift in their thinking about what they can buy um, and what their expectation is for a new house, for a house, for a house. Yes. <laughs>
2: the interesting thing on the market is for me is that as the price of the property gets higher, the interest rate change has less and less impact. Uh, I think just because you're dealing with people who can afford a lot more house. And so if their house payment is $500 a month more than what it was going to be a year ago, eh, they don't like it, but they can, they can do that. But the guy who's looking at a $180,000 yeah, house, who, whose who's price, his payment's going to go up 200 a month, that makes a big he's difference. comparing it to this rent that's got him kind of twisted up, and it's a big deal, really big deal.
0: Our first time homebuyer, new entrance to the market, they're, yeah. they're impacted the most.
2: Which is interesting because 15 years ago, when we hit the bubble, the first time homebuyers really were the winners in that whole thing. Uh, because of incentives that came out, tax and, credits. Yeah, it was the it was the high end people who really took it. Uh, you know, their house maybe went down in value by twenty percent. If you if you owned a five hundred thousand dollars house, that was a big deal. On one hundred and forty, maybe not so much. So it's kind of the reverse situation as fifteen years ago. In my mind, first time homebuyers are going to struggle for the next year unless the government does something like that again. <laughs> Whereas the high end stuff, like my builders, stopped building stuff in the four hundred thousands he'd rather build 375 or 550.
0: Uh help me with the distinction yeah. between 4 and 375.
2: There were lots and lots of people buying $400,000 houses over the last couple of years. Because of the interest rate change, that person can only afford 350, 375 now. And so as a builder, you've got to find what the number is for that entry level market. And it's no longer 450. What are they doing? Cutting out square footage or bells and whistles? Yeah, I'm seeing covenants go down in new uh, subdivision plats. Uh, sizes oh, are smaller. Interesting. Yeah, um, yeah there's yeah, trying right. to reduce the prices and or increase them. That's the interesting thing. For the first time, I see builders saying, well, I could, I could price this at 480 or 520 My strategy now is let's put it at 520 and let's add $25,000 worth of bells and whistles. And I think you're in a better spot in the market.
3: It's just a different pocket of buyers.
0: Which is really bizarre if you think about it, that you can play a game of like a sleight of hand add some perceived value to the property just to shift it out of the high fours into the mid yeah. fives yeah. and you're literally dealing with different buyers so for the same house me.
2: yeah if you go look at the absorption stuff uh it's hard to sell a four hundred seventy five thousand dollars house right now but
0: hard relatively speaking harder
2: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but on 525 you got a pretty good shot at it now, obviously, you can't just price your $475,000 house there. So you've got to do something to bring... It's got the, to match the value yeah, still on someone. Yeah. Yep. But I think there's big margin on that stuff. Your last $50,000, you might be making 25%. Even though the rest of the house, you're making 8
0: to 10%. Interesting. So just sticking with the rates thing, is there anything more to be said there? Um, I mean, the only other thing... Go ahead.
3: I was just going to say, I think buyers are also just getting used to it. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of years in the threes, uh, and they were used to it. And then everything got out of whack last year, went up to six and seven and whatever, and buyers were freaked out for a few months. But now I feel like, A, it's come back down a little bit, but B, I think they're just used to, they're getting used number. to the new number. And I think that's made more buyers come out this month. Um, I mean, we've seen more buyers call and say, hey, we want to buy a house this year. Uh, and so I think that's part of the change, too.
2: And the come back down a little bit, I think, was a big yeah. was a big statement. People yeah. knew seven percent, three and a half, seven percent. Now they call their loan officer. that's fives. That sounds pretty appealing.
0: It's like anchor, yeah. anchoring. It's all about what you're comparing it to. <clears throat> Five yeah. to three is a problem. Five to seven is wonderful news. Mm-hmm. It is a it is interesting that we're in any way shocked by that trajectory. Of course, going from three to seven would slow everyone down. Of course, after a while, it would come down. And of course, that would change the psychology. Looking backwards, it all makes perfect sense. October was a brick wall. And yes, yeah. now if it starts with a five, people are going to become pretty accustomed to it. And and we're seeing that, right? And that's maybe the anecdotal point we need to make here is it sure seems like <laughs> anyone that was holding off for the last four or five months, they're getting... NC right now. And they're all showing up at open houses and whatever right. else.
1: Right. Yeah. KCM trajectory, I think um, projects it with all, all of the data saying it's going to end the year, like high, high five is a ish. So if we're already seeing that, it'll be interesting to see actually where it goes. But yeah. It's not supposed to go higher.
0: Well, so yeah, this is probably too technical, but one thing I am watching for anyone that's nerdy about this is, so there's a game of chicken going on right now between the fed that's doing their job and their job is to get rid of inflation by raising this thing and they can't blink so they can't say oh we're done raising it because the minute they say we're done raising it the stock market just goes through the roof and home prices start to go up again because all the banks start going oh well we can curb our spread we can bring it back down now to five and some change or low fives yeah and the minute that happens what happens next
1: Crazy. It goes crazy again. Inflation kicks back
0: in. So you got a game of chicken because the stock market's actually looking quite strong the last two months. And they're basically saying, we think you are done, Mr. Fed. And the Fed's going, we're not going to blink, we're not going to blink, we're not going to blink. And that's why I think they are going to raise it again this week because they can't show any weakness because the minute they do, there's so much upward pressure right now on everything in our economy.
2: There's still a ton of cash out there. And so... Yes they're waiting for signals and the feds fed's got their poker face on that's kind of funny <laughs> to think about they're controlling our world economy well, with a it poker is a face. game
0: though that's yeah. that's how it's always been but the I think the my fear there is that what we're seeing in January with these low the high fives low sixes is we're seeing a ton of buyer activity and I have every reason to believe pricing wise we well let me pull this graph out so I know that everyone can't see this but um, I think one of the points on pricing is that there is absolutely no consensus right now.
1: Yeah. So realtor.com <laughs> oh,
0: is suggesting we're going to see five and a half percent appreciation this year Home price expectation survey 2.6. Then you got Fannie and Zellman saying negative two to negative five. It's the average right now of all of these indiv- groups are that it's going to be flat this year. But if we just forget what all the talking heads are saying, because they're all disagreeing with each other in the state of Iowa, in Des Moines and Ames, whatever, what do we expect home values to do on these single family properties that are showing up and selling like hotcakes? I think you're gonna see prices go up again slightly yeah. this year.
3: I personally think it I mean it does depend on the the price range you're talking in. Okay. Um, and the property itself. I mean if it's if it's a house that's ready to go and and move in ready, no updates needed, I think that price is going up. I mean, our inventory is still extremely low, um, and and there are going to be or there is going to be organic demand again, um, and I think prices will go up in several price ranges, but there will be some um, that that are 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 even, yeah, that are more flat. That's my opinion.
0: Like what specifically?
3: Um, I think some of the upper end stuff um, will be flat compared to last year. Um, that's what I'm comparing it to in my mind. Yeah. And last year was up for the most part. Uh, cer- and so
0: certainly have seen some higher price properties that have been out there for months at a time longer. now and mm-hmm. 20, 30,000 dollar price reductions are happening.
3: Right. Yeah. And so I feel like some of that is going to be flat, um, maybe a little bit down, but, but mostly flat. Um, but I think some of the lower end stuff up to that 375, 400 mark, I think is going to go up
0: which is a very confusing environment for our consumers then because yeah. I, I mean you're watching the media the media is the media and what you're getting is this general narrative but i've got to have a very different conversation with my three hundred thousand dollar resale versus my nine hundred thousand
3: yes and Correct. my builders yes. yeah. Correct. yeah absolutely
0: uh, which i guess is why we're doing this
3: yeah <laughs> Well, and it's why we want um, our agents to be experts in this stuff. I mean, they need to understand it because they need to have a different conversation with different clients. And you can't just have one script, one idea, one thing to say. You need to be able to analyze what their property is and where they're at personally.
0: Okay, so i take your point, <clears throat> And I think we're getting into the particulars of different price points and everyone in our company needs to be an expert at that. Back to the forest level. At the forest level, anyone that's expecting prices to keep collapsing this year probably is not thinking straight because it sure seems like the worst case is some of these properties are going to hold the line, but many of them are actually going to continue to appreciate. At least that's what we're experiencing locally. A lot of our buyers are still competing in multiple offer situations for properties.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm hearing anecdotally what people are saying right now is we are having multiple offers. It's not necessarily the five to 10% above list price anymore, maybe right more at list price than that 98 to hundred percent. But if things are still going and with multiple offers, I just can't see a place where it's going to go down. Cause inventory is still dropping. Yes.
0: I haven't looked at locally. I don't know. I think it is it still is dropping down. here, but nationally, it, is, yeah. it just continues to, to, to slide. Normally it kind of bottoms out this week or next week. Yep. And then we start to see some inventory increase, but, uh, I'm back to there are still upward forces holding prices up. So long as there's nothing to buy, anyone buying is still going to be competing and that's going to keep the prices high.
3: Right. I agree. And I think this week, next week, right this instant, I feel like if a seller is motivated, he might end up with less. Um, But if a seller is not motivated and as the buyers start to, Flood into the market with spring coming in, then those prices are going to stay, stay up, with that upward pressure that you were just saying.
2: So I asked, I asked my brother for an inventory graph (laughs) because I was wondering because I remember when things were slowing down, inventory was going up, and we're like, whoa, how high is this going to be? But roughly, inventory grew from like August to December and now through January is dropping again. So the net of that is we're at about 2,500 today, Mm -hmm. where we were about 2,000 a year ago. So that, and that feels like 25% increase. Whoa, that's a big number. No, it's nowhere close to where we were. And the fact that it's going down now before we even hit the busy spring market, what what Tammy said earlier, I think is right. We're gonna be, I think, really low inventory this spring.
0: It seems that way nationally and locally. So here's the, the national data points for that. We are up 71% in, in available inventory from a year ago, 2022. Hmm. 71% more inventory available nationally than there was a year ago, but we are still down 37% from where we were pre pandemic. Now, pre pandemic hmm. for the record was about 30 or 40% lower than four years prior. Yeah. So when we came into the p- pandemic, we already had like 30, 40% less inventory than we were accustomed to. Right. And then the pandemic hit and it, it dropped crazy notably. And now we're 71% up from that, but still 37% down from pre-pandemic levels. So anyone thinking is up is picking the wrong anchor. Inventory is slightly up from where it was. It's ridiculously low. Right. My
2: guess is that is about markets as well, because you say nationally it's up 71%. I'm saying locally it's up 25%. I think from a year ago yeah. from a year ago yeah. yeah I think there are markets where the net population is now kind of moving out yeah. and there are markets where the net population is moving in and so you probably see that across the board there are there are places where inventory is 100% up there are places where inventory might be still a little bit down and it, it's just based on where people are moving to and from right now.
0: And a big portion, I agree. And, and they're a big moving portion to Iowa. Is where people yeah. are building or not building. So yes, Des Moines certainly has an influx of people. But if certain markets, there's been a lot of new construction. Certain there hasn't. So if you look at Ankeny, for example, the only reason we have any inventory is because of all the builders. Yes. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have Dr. and whoever else building here right now, there'd literally be nothing for sale under three hundred.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, another right. factor in there is that the big builders like DR and Destiny in Greenland all had a bit of a pullback on their housing starts back in August, o- September, mm-hmm. October. And we had the one really busy weekend two weeks ago when the weather was good here in January. And I heard that DR sold 36 houses that weekend. Well, think about that. If all of a sudden they're selling off inventory that and quickly and they buildings. didn't start. That's going to put all the new construction behind. At least that's kind of what I'm hoping for, for my builders, everybody else behind.
0: Back to inventory is going to remain low. Right. At 5%, buyers are going to be motivated. And you're going to continue to have this game of chicken with the Fed because prices, there's still that upward pressure. Yeah. On this inventory thing, uh, I want to touch on what I said earlier at the Ankeny team meeting. I, I listed two, I think there might be three, but two forces at play keeping inventory low. The one is what, what I'm calling our rate locked individuals. So this is our, I'm in my house. I'm at a 2.8% 30 year. I want to move. I need another bedroom. I need a bigger garage, whatever. But. I cannot, I just can't get myself to do it because it'd be at, I'd have to pay 200 grand more for the house and I'd have to lock in at five, eight or six, two. And so that's our rate locked individuals. The second thing keeping inventory low is that there's nothing motivating those people to be willing to take that risk. There's nothing out there for them to look at. So I'm on Realtor.com and I'm I'm on Zillow. Nothing's that exciting because there just isn't that much out there. So number one, there's nothing to entice me. Number two, even if there was, I feel locked in. And then the third one that I've been bringing up lately is just the amount of investor buyers out there. Now, this isn't true for all price points, but there does seem to be a trend of an increase and in uptick in single family investor purchases. And I think that's another thing eating up this entry level back to, back to your point, Roger, it's not a great time to be a first time home buyer. Right.
1: The investors are eating that up.
0: Uh, a lot of that is being consumed by investment cash
3: mm-hmm.
0: this markets flush with it, not just because of stimulus money and whatever, but also just because people that owned real estate have had a lot of equity yeah. increase they're pulling that money out, using it to buy real estate, and that's what they're buying. So you've got these forces keeping inventory low. Um, I guess just any other thoughts on inventory itself, where we're at and where it's headed? One
2: other factor there is rents. So we talk about first-time home homebuyers um, not having lots of opportunity out there. There is motivation for those guys because, as much as interest rates have gone up, driving payments up and costs up, rents Rent. have actually exceeded <laughs> yeah. that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so, we're doing home buyer seminars right now where I'm just showing them uh, if they had bought a house January of 2000, I'm sorry, 2020, compared to if they were a renter January of 2020. And um, I mean, the, the financial gotta difference be of astronomical. That is astronomical. Yeah, it's crazy
0: which is really good, we would agree that there's a difference between that time period and the next two years. So looking back to years, man, you really wish you'd bought. Yeah. Do you have the same confidence about the next two years? If I buy today, two years from now, what will I be looking back and experiencing?
2: If you're a renter, I I think so. Just because yeah. construction costs have gone up so much. I have a I have a builder building a fourplex right now in a complex of four plexes and those uh, individual townhomes have been selling 150 to 170 the new ones are going to go on at 240 same prop same property because costs are so high so so to build new rental stuff is very expensive right now so I'm at
0: your homebuyer seminar I'm a first-time homebuyer <laughs> and I'm seeing your data over the last two years and I'm going geez I wish I'd bought a house two years ago but, but I what didn't about now? Am I sure that buying one now is the right decision for me at 6%? And you would say?
2: Yes. Yes. And why? Because appreciation on that house is still going to exceed zero. (laughs) And I'm locking in my house payment, whereas rents are going to continue to go up. I
0: agree. And and the rents are already as high or higher. So either way, I'm paying someone's mortgage. But going up. Right. Back to the upward pressures. So uh, I hate any time we sit down and say, now's a great time to buy. And (laughs) now's a great time to sell. Jason Mickelson in his podcast made a great case for why listing in January is actually a smart move right now. And this is a case why buying right now, I mean, I guess if you have a legitimate reason not to buy, then don't. But it doesn't seem like if you're holding off for a year or two to buy something cheaper that you're going to end up better off.
1: Right. And it's not looking like inventory is going to be any better either.
0: I think that's no. so important for realtors to internalize so that we can have consultative conversations that we actually have confidence about.
3: Yeah, and I think we talked about the inventory thing uh, a couple months ago too, but um, it's going to take at least a couple years to get inventory back to a norm, what, what might even be considered normal. I mean, just even the numbers you were just talking about and how far down we are from pre-pandemic levels. I mean, it was... On a trajectory down, anyway. Did you say a couple
0: years? Yeah, I don't. I'd say seven. Yeah. Oh no, no,
3: no. I know. I'm, I'm saying.
0: At best case.
3: Yeah, yeah. At best case scenario, we don't see inventory start going up for at least a couple years.
0: Like a apocalypse, zombies, Russia invades. (laughs) (laughs) Two years from now, we're we're back to right. Then maybe, yeah. Then
3: maybe inventory goes up.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Yeah. Uh, I agree, Um, Roger, you're talking about new construction, I found this data point, Um, depending on who you ask, anywhere from two to five million units is what they're saying, the average is four million units. They're saying we are four million properties underbuilt in the US right now. As a function of all the way back to uh, 2014, 15, 16, when all the builders left the industry,
3: Well, yeah, even before that.
0: And then it took a while for them to get back in. Then as they started ramping up, the development time is this lag. Then when they were really kicking it, all of a sudden COVID shows up. We're back to nothing being built. And so, yeah, we're back to somewhere in the realm of 4 million properties, too few just to keep up with population Population. growth.
2: And all 4 million of those are in the markets that people are moving into, not out of, which Iowa is on the right side of that equation.
0: Good news or bad news?
2: It just means you should buy because appreciation (laughs) is still a real thing in the state of Iowa.
0: Yeah, I think this is what people need to wrestle through because the media is going to be communicating, hey, the market's going down, the Fed's upping rates, and somehow we have to help our clients understand, well, what does this mean for me in my decision in this February and March? And it's different per person.
3: It is. It yeah. is. Yeah.
0: But I'm hearing a resounding first-time home buyer don't expect prices to go down anytime Correct. this year on an entry-level property.
3: Correct. And and I think what you said in the team meeting too is important. There's a there are some buyers that are trying to get prices to come down. They might be even making offers right now, and sellers, yeah. you know, it depends on the seller's motivation and how motivated they are. But yeah. they might they might snag one for a little less than maybe they would in March. But um, <clears throat> they it, also
0: might miss out on 10 in a row.
3: Right. Correct. Right.
0: Which is your prerogative if you've got time.
3: Right. But if it, you need to tie if you down. you yeah. you need to.
0: Well, and we're still having this. Unfortunately, buyers having to bump their shins a couple times to realize, okay, hold on. Um, if I want in, I'm going to have to still hustle, which is psychologically very challenging for them because that's conflicting with the information they're reading on the news. Agreeing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And the, their agents, like you said, aren't giving them the best information. They're not being consultative. They're not necessarily advising them well because they're not really professional <laughs> agents. And and we have to somehow keep our mind straight and navigate that as well. Yeah, not even taking Within the, the time to sit down with them and explain things, yeah, right? A yeah, a bad agent on the other side. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was looking at, this is just our data, week by week through January that I've been tracking. We We are seeing twice as many cancels yeah, this January per week has lost year same yeah. time. Yeah, and I think that's what we chatted about briefly. The factors for that help me remember what I said. One, the the media. So there's a lot of confusion out there. So I'm I'm buying, and then I'm like, oh no, well maybe it's going to go down. Let me get out of this one. Um,
3: Seasonal, winter,
0: seasonally. I guess maybe we see more of this, but I'm comparing January to January.
3: Yeah, yeah, true.
0: But there's certainly. December in the air, January in the air.
1: I think inspections have a lot to do with it. Expectations of the house and getting to inspections has a lot to do with it. Yeah, as well. but there's always
0: been inspections. So yeah. I think the the reference there point hasn't been for the last. Yes, there three haven't years.
3: even been inspections being right. happening. Last 20. January, yeah. there were not that they many. They weren't inspections even doing inspections because we were still Couldn't in a multiple win. offer yeah. Yeah. situation. You were.
0: I guess that that, yeah. that bounced over my head. Like <laughs> we just didn't do. Yeah, we weren't even doing them yeah. Unbelievable.
2: I think go back to your idea of a game of chicken. There is a game of chicken going on right now between buyers and yeah, sellers, correct. which is yes. why the cancellations, because yes. we're telling our sellers, no, 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 there's still strong demand. Price yes. your, mar- your yeah. house up. We just and the market's saying, well, I'm not going to pay that much for it. Well, you are eventually, if the w- seller's willing to... To wait. Willing yeah. and
3: able if they're not But the, yeah. the
0: result of that short term is we're going to see a lot of cancellations because you're yeah. can have buyers going, hold on, I'm maxed out on price. I'm maxed out on expectations. I, I, yeah, I'm just going to. I don't, don't st-
3: want to have to deal with any inspection. X, y, or <laughs> Z. X, Y, or Z, Z that inspection. comes up. Yep.
0: And sometimes it's almost principle because you talk about that game of chicken. Yeah. That they're getting to the point where they're like, well, why should I have to bring everything to the table? I'm being told the market's turning. The seller's unreasonable. Right. So I'm just holding the line on my right. inspection, backing out. And, they have every right to do that. Right. The reality is, like you're saying, eventually they're probably going to still have to pay a premium for for many of these properties.
1: Yeah, Gina talked about it on her podcast um, that just came out today as well. as but then the sellers on the coin, other other side of that are saying, "But wait, we had multiple offers. We
0: yep. why
1: why do we have to give in to all these inspection? It is it is totally a game of
0: chicken. It. Yeah, that's a good metaphor. So yeah. this would be the title somewhere, like the Fed's <laughs> playing chicken, our clients <laughs> are playing chicken. with each other.
3: <laughs> Everyone's playing chicken. Most times people
0: don't win in games of chicken. Usually well, one person does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't play <laughs> Yeah, well, it is, it's not forever. This is the market of the moment. This is where we're at. And winning has always been a function of just knowing what's true and then being the best at navigating
2: it. The reason I use the word intrigue early be, is because I don't really know what to expect two weekends ago it looked like the spring market hit the second weekend of January
3: yeah because it was so nice it and was crazy were looking, yeah.
2: and now we've had two crappy weather weekends <laughs> since yeah. then so Nothing. does that mean that was an anomaly then or did that just push us back and so I'm actually sitting here saying this could be fun to watch I don't know exactly but if what happened two weeks ago is indicative of what our spring market is going to look like it's going to be crazy
3: yeah, weather always has something to do with the market in Iowa. And we don't have as many people looking on cold weekends and all of that. And so I, I absolutely expect that as the weather warms, that our that our market will also. And yeah. it will be busy and frenzied again.
0: Yeah, there being no activity on a cold day means nothing. It's when it's sunny in January, right. what happens? That's the leading indicator. Yeah. Because no matter what, in a blizzard, people stay home for the most part. <laughs> uh but yes when the sun came out the activity was somewhat of a frenzy
3: yeah so like this coming weekend will be a good indicator as well and it's supposed to be in the, the warm 30s up? and 40s yeah. and yep. sunny and go. so it'll be a good weekend well, to have an to open house.
0: house well i'm getting to that point my dog i took my dog out for a walk the first time in a few days the other day and <laughs> normally you know i'm off topic <laughs> my dog's off <laughs> leash most of the time and he stays right by my side well trained not this day he was gone He's like, I'm I'm taking a long walk. Oh, it's warm out. <laughs> I'm going. Is that what? My dogs stir crazy. Yeah, been locked inside, and I think people are there too. And so I'm ready I've for the become spring.
2: a winter dog walker, just for that reason. Because the dog deserves it. Shorter walks. I, I was I was out. No, I did. I was out four miles on a six degree day. That's the lowest Ooh. I've done just this last week. You know. But it wasn't windy. You put in the appropriate clothes. It's all about the wind. Dog just had a blast. Yeah, we should start a podcast on dog walking. (laughs) On dog walking. Seasonality of dog walking.
0: I'm trying to figure out the takeaway on
2: this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go walk your dog. Uh, We're ready for spring. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to come early this year. I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff here. We've covered this mortgage rate spread conversation, which, by the way, that that graph on KCM is very fascinating on that. Really what it's saying here is with the 1.79 20-year average spread, we really ought to be at like 5.4%. But with a 2.79% spread, we're sitting at the 64 And so the point here is, regardless of what happens, there is room for interest rates on the third year to come down as soon as things settle down. And that's all about the volatility. And as mm-hmm. soon as the volatility calms down, we've, interest rates should actually be able to keep coming down, even with another 25 basis points yeah. increase. Yeah, I would agree. This week's going to be interesting as that all comes out. And I don't like to get into the stock market because I don't think it's a real read on anything, but uh, it is still what drives a lot of consumer sentiment and the media and news. So we've covered rate spreads. We've covered inventory. Clearly, we're still going to have a a deficit, Mm -hmm. which is going to keep driving things the way they've been. Pricing is the only thing I haven't touched on in much depth. So. I guess we have. Yeah,
2: we have. Do you have a graph that shows that uh, 4 million short in national inventory? I do not. It'd be fun I to think, have one of those.
3: I think there is one on KC, yeah, but I can maybe check one down. It might not I don't think it was in this month. Yeah.
2: That's it, real useful for builders.
0: It. Yeah. That would be a powerful one to show, but again, we have got to be careful we don't want to encourage our builders to be picking the wrong price points or uh the difference between that five, 480 and the 520 right? Yeah.
2: Well, part of the reason this spring holds intrigue for me, my builder usually is kind of contrary to the market and he ends up selling everything by the end of December and goes into the spring with nothing ready to sell. This year, it looks like I'm going to have about 14 properties wow. to sell for that builder. Well, I sure hope people are buying properties this spring. We, we've never been in this position going into the spring because okay. he did the opposite of... D.R. Horton and the Nationals. He put basements in in August and September. Just
0: out of curiosity, was that at your council? It was. Yeah. It was, for sure. Talk about chicken, huh?
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, so let's do
3: I mean, at least you have basements in and you can actually build something.
0: Yeah, it's they're going to so be ready to go. No, I March think it's going to work
2: for you work. and them. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, too. But it creates some intrigue right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word.
1: Of the other word, chicken and intrigue. Intriguing
0: intriguing <laughs> chickens, I think. <laughs> is.
1: The words of the day. Uh,
0: cancel are up and pendings are happening. So we're coming into spring with an intriguing market. I'll just close out with you guys. Any closing thoughts on maybe either what you're guiding your clients towards in terms of general sentiment and thoughts and philosophy, but also how you're approaching the spring.
3: Personally, I'm, I'm approaching it like it's going to be somewhat frenzied like it was last year. Maybe not to the extent it was last year. Um, but I expect, that we will have buyers looking we will have multiple offers maybe not as many maybe not as high um, but I still expect it to be similar to that and and I'm telling people uh, I mean I listed a couple of listings this week and said should we wait till March or should we list right now and I said list right now there's no reason not to yeah If, if we don't get the price you want you can wait and wait a few more weeks and you will.
0: Did you listen to Jason Mickelson's podcast? I have not yet. So it wasn't yeah. his insight it that got not. you there? No. You're yeah. like, I, I knew this long before you were even in real estate, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I agreed with it. I, I, yeah. yeah.
0: He had yeah. some good insights yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Yeah. We yeah. have
3: a similar, I think he and I have a similar mentality about what's coming this spring.
0: Um, I was going to say, I thought you were going to tell me you have similar mentality to Jason Mickelson. And I'm like...
3: No, just what's coming this two spring. To what's coming this spring in real estate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's define that. You two are awesome together. Uh, Raj, how about you? Thoughts, sentiment?
2: You know, it always sounds self-serving for a realtor to say, buy now, yeah. list now. But that is the market we're in right now. Yeah. Y- if you If you have something to sell, you should probably you sell, should sell it now. If you have something to buy, you should definitely buy it now. Um, and that's just going to generate transactions. But I'd prefer my clients to be a little bit ahead of what I see coming this spring. It's certainly my buyer clients.
0: But the only reason I would have something to sell is typically because I have something I want to buy.
1: Not like, always. Which, yeah.
0: I, mo- okay, I'll make a case that 90% yes. of the time <laughs> people are selling time. to buy Well, true. But I,
3: But just so you know, I have 15 listings right now, and every single one of them, is not because I have to buy something.
0: What, where are all these people going?
3: So one of them, uh, I mean, they're investors who are renting. Mom was living in one. Um, I think all the rest are investors that are just done being in a certain market. And so they're going to do something else. Um, and so they're all selling because of that.
0: So you're the 10%. <laughs> so I'm the
3: 10%. <laughs> She's got all of the 10 no, <laughs> We appreciate
0: you contributing <laughs> to the market inventory. You are yeah, the inventory. my experience. <laughs> we need the inventory, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind
2: of the same way, though, especially working with builders. Now, they they, they have to have. sell in a sense that their inventory that we need to unload, but it's not like they're buying something on the other side. And even, yeah, True. I don't have very many selling because they're buying.
0: I New just, construction.
2: New
1: construction space, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, anything that you have that's resale typically is showing up and gone right away right now. Yeah. So,
2: right,
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: that's the... Th- That's the thing that I would suggest. If you own a house in the 300 to 450 market that is five to 20 years old, and you've ever thought about kind of getting into something newer, I know it's gonna be a challenge because you got that interest rate jump But I think now is a time when you really win coming off of that 50% appreciation Appreciation. over the last three years um, and a little bit of downward pressure on that new construction in that I think that's when you win. Sell your used house, buy a new house. I think now is a time, and you'll be able to rates will go down. You'll be able to refinance and lock that in in a couple of years. And that's
0: presuming organic demand. Like if you really need right. a different home, if you want one, yes, yeah. it's hard to get over that rate, but now's as good a time as you're probably going to see for a while. I think so.
1: Sitting on a lot of equity in that resale.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and
3: there's another aspect too. I mean, if you're able to sell a resale house that's 20 years old and find one that needs a little updating. That isn't something that most buyers have been willing to do in the last three to seven that's years. Right. Yeah. They
2: want it all shiny. Yeah. And
3: so if you have the ability and the willingness to fix up a house, you might be able to actually find a good deal on a resale in that same price range with more square footage or whatever. So just a comment.
0: I think that's up to you to close us out with any other thoughts.
3: No, I think I agree
1: with what's going on. It's been fun kind of hearing your guys' sentiment on this. So I'm I'm watching it all from behind the scenes. It's fun to see what's going on with you guys.
0: Uh, we're guiding our agents to be pretty, get in the path of business and go and have market conversations yes, with everybody. Absolutely. Um, I think our, our plays for the week with our contest are all about getting market reports in people's hands, but also engaging in direct co- conversations about, what we need and what we need yeah. is those people you're describing, which yeah. that aren't listed, right. but would consider it because there's a whole bunch of people that want their properties. So yeah. I those, think,
1: yeah, the market reports to me, I mean, are just getting in front of people because they are, there's so much con- confusion in the consumer consumer world right now. So getting in front of them with the real data, being the market expert and providing that data.
3: And just talking to them. I mean, Absolutely. sometimes explaining the information yes. is important. Absolutely. Following up on yeah. those. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, Abby and our marketing team are doing a great job getting those uh, synopses out every month. We'll have January data here in a couple weeks. Yeah. New KCM statewide data. I'm fascinated to see where that lands for January, but uh, we'll pick up this conversation here in a month or so. so. Thanks for good. joining us, guys.
2: Happy New Year.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com.